Welcome, friends. This is the Art of Aliveness podcast, and I'm your host, Chrissy Marie. It's a space where we explore how to nurture life force energy through the path of creativity, curiosity, compassion, courage, and connection. Let's dance. Hey friends, I have a special guest for you today. And I brought him on because of his like visceral passion for the work that he does. And I really wanted to share that passion and that aliveness with you all, um, as well as share about the beautiful work he's doing in Rhode Island. So Silas grew up in New York, Brentwood, New York, but found himself in Rhode Island after attending Rhode Island College. And he graduated in 2015 with a major in youth development and nonprofit studies. Um, A lot of his growth, he says, is attributed to wrestling. Uh, He started to work with Beat the Streets, which is a nonprofit uh, wrestling program, as a coach five years ago. And last year, he served as a Brown University AmeriCorps VISTA fellow with Beat the Streets, doing data management while connecting coaches, students, athletes, school admin, uh, and visiting different school sites to allow personal connections to each school as data was collected. Uh, He really embodies an aliveness and um, a deep care for the work that he does, and I'm I'm really excited to share him and his story with you today. Awesome! So welcome again. Really looking forward to to diving in and and speaking more. Since our last conversation, I had I had more questions come up for myself, so we'll see where that takes us. <laughs> excited to go. Yes. So I mean, let's. I just want to do a little check in too. Like, how's your heart today? How are you doing with quarantine and like the climate of things? Um, I feel like it depends on every given day. I just try to give myself, you know, kind of a goal or a to-do sheet every day. So, you know, it keeps me in line, keeps a, a nice flow of my day going. Um, but it's it's different with this quarantine going on, you know, no wrestling. I know I need it. I know the kids need it. The community needs it. So it's definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's going to, um, yeah, like we we can chat about that because when we we first met and we were chatting, you were sharing about Beat the Streets and, and how powerful it is for like the community and the connection aspect and how that's like, we just don't have that right now in the same way. And it's challenging, you know, getting the kids on Zoom and connecting with them through through the interweb. For people who who haven't heard of Beat the Streets, can you share a little bit about the program, because that's part of what we're here to talk about is, is the mission of the program, why you, you do it, what makes you feel alive about it. So yeah, I'd love for you to share like a little synopsis on that. Yeah. So Beat the Streets Providence, it's a wrestling after school program, which provides um, access for youth development and academic support with obviously the wrestling component. Um, There's a competition that's involved. Um, trying to keep kids involved as much as possible, try to get them involved in their school systems, their community, you know, pull their family members in, which we're seeing a lot these days. Um, Yeah, it's just a really great program that's for free for all Providence youth. And we actually starting to get kids from outside of Providence. Kids in Coventry come and join us, a couple kids from Cumberland. We just have a very welcoming community that we're very involved in different circles outside of just the room. Mm 
And that's just the wrestling community in general too. We look out for one another. That's, that's incredible. So for people who aren't local and not from Rhode Island, like Coventry and Bristol are not like close to Providence. Like it's, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, if not more yeah. away. So it's definitely a little travels, um, but that's just the wrestling community. We look out for one another um, as coaches, as wrestling goes, as friends, all that. Yeah. And you are program director right now for, for Beat the Streets. And um, I'd love, I, I was really interested too in how you, you got into it in the first place because wrestling was something you did before you did wrestling in high school and middle school? Yeah. 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 So I started when I was in sixth grade, which is, I would say it's about average as far as people start wrestling. There's people who definitely start way younger than that. But I started in sixth grade. One of my best friends was like, hey, we should join wrestling. And obviously, middle school me got excited. I'm like, steel chairs, cages, title belts blood like everything and then he's like no 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 it's 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 not that but um I was still very interested because I just like that that idea of being a champion I already loved winning I'm super competitive even with my friends and family you know I just I don't like losing I think that comes with it yeah yeah and so even though it wasn't the like the ideal um excursion that you thought it might be there still was an alert and an appeal what is it about, so aside from like the competition aspects, because it is like, my brother's actually wrestled for a while. So I'm, I'm familiar a bit with the wrestling community. Like I would go to their matches and I would watch, it was a while ago, but um, it is, you know, you're, you're in there, it's one-on-one. So there's a, you know, there's you and another, and it's, it's an intimate process, but then you're also part of a team. So it's an interesting dynamic and I'm curious about like what it is about the culture of wrestling that creates the team element. Yeah, well, like just like you mentioned, you know, it's a one-on-one sport, you're out there and that's why people love the sport because you can't really blame anyone else. Like you could put blame on your coach, the referee or this and that, but when it comes down to it and you really analyze it, it's like, okay, that, that was on me. But um, I think the team component comes from you you really can't do everything on your own. It's hard to motivate yourself alone. It's, if you wanna be really great, you have to have good training partners. You have to have a community of people behind you, no matter what you wanna do. So you going into the setting of, I'm gonna work for two, two and a half hours of intense workouts. I'm gonna sweat. I'm gonna be aggravated. I might get mad. I'm gonna be competitive. You know, It's all those things that come together. And when you realize like, hey, everybody in this room is doing the same thing and we need each other to get through this, it, it's really powerful because, you know, easy, even something simple like doing like push-ups, you know, your coach is telling you, okay, we got 100 push-ups to do. You normally a human being probably could do like 20, 30, 40, but now you got this kid to the left and the right of you. And you're like, all right, you're doing it. I'm doing it too. Let's do this. Now you start seeing that person kind of break mentally and you're like, come on, come on. We got this. We got this. We're going to get through this. Yes. That's yeah. where that teamwork comes from. Yeah. Uh, I, I resonate with that in, in that I, I do really well in community, um, like fitness or um, any sort of endurance sport or activity. I do a lot better if there's people in the room because you kind of ride the momentum, the, the energetic wave and, you know, watching other people 
pushing through kind of gives you that sense of, oh, I can do that too. And there is that competitive aspect too, at least for me, like you don't want to be the one person like not just give it up, you know, <laughs> if, yeah. if your body is, is capable of still pushing forward. Um, yeah. You want to, you want to see how far into your edge you can go. I think that's powerful for kids at not just a physical level. Cause the, the program isn't just about the physicality of it. It isn't just about like the resilience and the grit and the competitive aspect, but um, you also do, you said youth development, which I'm curious for you to get a little bit deeper into, but you mentioned that you help with, with life skills and, and homework, and you talk about social issues and family issues with these kids as well. It's not just, you're not just going in there for sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wrestling is definitely kind of that vehicle that brings all those other pieces together. And I don't, think anyone joining wrestling understands that we say it's more than wrestling but you're not really going to believe it until you get there and you know I think that's what really attracts people to the sport and to our program because they're like all right he doesn't he says he cares about me but now he's showing it he's asking me where what are my grades he's asking and talking to the principals my teachers how's how's he the student doing in class and then once we find that area of struggle now we're going to come together as a team not always just as individuals and like let's work on this we're going to have days where we just work on homework and if i know students say billy is struggling in math class and his teachers told me hey he's struggling it's like all right don't worry i'll take care of this he comes to practice all right you're going to sit to the side you're going to get your work done then you can join practice and now they're pushed to do better because they want to get to the wrestling piece mm. And then it goes into the youth development, you know, um, you know, where we work on workshops that are going to help bring these, these pieces together that we should be learning. And it's not the fault of anybody with education. It's just, there's not that much time to teach everything we need to, but, you know, um, taking, taking, um, positive choices, you know, healthy habits, um, study skills. How should I be studying? What's the process of that? Um, teamwork, what's a goal? How, how do I set one? How often should I see it? How, how much should I talk about it? So it's a lot of pieces to building those life skills that, you know, just you take it forever. You, you move on with it for life. And I think throughout workouts, throughout practices, coaches are constantly bringing up moments that they went through or moments that we know they'll go through and put a wrestling technique as that base of learning bringing it to a life skill. So one thing I always say is, um, you know, a double leg takedown, you have to shoot a shot where you take both their legs and you run them to take them down to the mat. So I always say, you know, you got to punch through the wall. And that's the same thing as life. You know, you don't want to just, you don't have a problem. You don't just hit at the problem. You have to go through the problem. You have to work through the problem. You can't just go around it and avoid things all day. So we try to build those blocks together. Yeah, it's like resilience building. What I'm hearing with that is like you're using a metaphor to talk about the process of of like busting through procrastination and like facing things head on instead of avoiding the things that are uncomfortable for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really exciting process to see the growth. Yeah, and beat the streets. It wasn't it wasn't developed right when you were in school. It came after. Yeah, um, so I personally learned about it when I was in high school and I was living in Long Island. 
and there was Beat the Streets New York. So I was like, oh, that sounds like a great program. You know, I was fortunate where I had uh, both my parents together. So they were able to provide for me, bring me to tournaments and pay for things. But, you know, some kids in certain areas, especially the bigger cities, they don't have the same opportunity. So these programs are created to give them the same opportunity and came to Rhode Island College. Um, and when I was going into my senior year, the pro the the organization just started coming together, very small and localized. Mm. Yeah, and to clarify, like this program covers the, like the fees for the, the um, like uniforms and the, um, you, <laughs> I don't even know exactly what it covers, but to, like it covers basically whatever they need in order to participate in the sport. Whereas like some kids might not have, been able to afford it had they had to pay out of pocket for all of those things yeah we literally are trying to remove the excuses that oh I don't have shoes I don't I don't have a ride I don't have money to go to this tournament you know mm -hmm. just taking all those excuses out you know try to be as as limited excuses as possible <laughs> yeah 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 that's incredible and so so you did you start your major as youth development did you go into college knowing that you wanted to major in that or was that something that you discovered as you were moving through gen eds along the way it was something i discovered through the process um you know i always knew i wanted to be a coach but i think in my mind i knew i wanted to be a coach and focus around wrestling because that's what i know and i love mm -hmm. but as i started going through schooling through uh, rhode island college i transferred to nassau community college in long island um, one of my professors mentioned youth development and I just, in my head, I was just like, no, phys ed, phys ed. But as I started going through the process and, you know, having class with her and she mentioned it over and over, like what the program entailed, I'm like, wow, this actually sounds like what I want to do. Like, I want to make a difference in lives. I want to, you know, be a mentor. I want to, I always had people in my corner that always pushed me and put me in the right direction to help me through life. And I knew that was something I could emulate I could give back and do that not with ease but do it a very comfortable understanding yeah yeah youth development when I heard it I'm not familiar with everything that it involves so what's the difference between like getting a phys ed degree and getting a youth development degree um so the difference between like uh, youth development a phys ed degree or education degree you know um you're focusing more on the aspect of teaching, um, whether that's the physical education, the health education, or your math, your sciences, and so on and so forth, where youth development is somewhat of this new thing, in a sense, kind of what you mentioned, where a lot of it takes place in an after-school setting, but there's um, different organizations that are bringing their teaching and their learnings into the school days. One of the biggest things I think it's easy to grasp is like mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Like those are opportunities that youth should be more aware of because a lot of times they're not so present. They're in their phones, they're in conversations and they're not really focused in that moment. So something like that, where you're learning about yourself and we're worried about, well, not worried, focused on the growth of the individual itself. Yeah, that's so key because there's not enough um, social emotional learning that occurs in schools. It's something that I think if we were to inject more of it, it would, it would really serve. Um, and so I'm hearing that, you know, big 
part of Beat the Streets and part of your passion, your mission is to bring that, you know, the social, emotional learning, the leadership skills, like life skills. And, and I'm curious too, cause you're, you're in Providence, you've got, you know, lots of kids from what, what are the ages? What is, what's the age range of the kids that you work with right now? Our main focus is middle school, so about fifth grade to eighth grade, but we also do work with the elementary age and very much the high school age too. It's just different with high school because they already have their own wrestling programs within their school. So we support them in like the evening time during our like club practices and like taking them on those opportunities where their coaches are kind of not working to say. They're outside their season. Yeah. Do you ever get kids who have like different physical considerations, like maybe aren't like fully able-bodied but still want to do the wrestling? Yeah, um, a lot of kids do wrestle with uh, disabilities. Um, I personally wrestled kids that were deaf and other kids that were blind. And with um, wrestling kids that are um, blind, there's just little different ways you start wrestling. It's always started with like a physical touch, like hand over hand. And every time there's a break of contact, the referee kind of stops action and reassesses it and restarts. Mm, wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, could you share a little bit too about like what the kids express that they get out of the program? Cause I know that that's a big, that's a big piece for you, like keeping you doing what you're doing. Cause if you actually see the change that it creates in the, in the kids. So I guess yeah. two part question, like what's the change you see? And then what's the change that they say is actually happening for them? Um, I think the first thing I see immediately is just joy, just pure joy being around not just me, but the group, the their friends, their boys, their brothers, their sisters, the coaches, just being around people like that just brings them pure joy. That's why um, there's just this big disconnect with COVID, but um, also the passion, just seeing like them, how much they want to win or if they lose, how much it hurts them and how much they want to bounce back and the feedback they give right back. Like, hey, I did this wrong and I want to make sure when we go to practice, I got to work on A, B, and C. Well, uh, well, the piece that you just said was really, it stood out for me in that I, with the people that I work with and with myself, I notice patterns uh, that show up around wanting to get things right the first time around and wanting to um, win, so to speak, quote unquote, whatever that means within whatever, you know, area of life that that person's looking to quote unquote win in, whether that's their job or relationship, like they want to succeed. They want to, they want to get the end result that they're desiring. But what I notice is that with a lot of adults, um, they don't get it. Or if they don't think that they can get it, they won't go for it or they won't go for it again. And what I'm hearing is with these kids, like if they lose a match, it's not the end of their career. It's not the end of beat the streets for them. Like they want to learn how they can improve. So there's a curiosity element that I'm hearing is, is present in what you do with these kids. It's like, so what if you don't lose a match? Like, it's not failure, it's feedback. How can we better your skill set? How can we better the approach next time? Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from the, the great coaches and mentors we have in the program. You know, we, we try to emphasize like, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you coming here? Because if you don't know why you're coming here and if you're only coming here to win, like it's going to be a long journey. So, you know, constantly talking about having fun, talking about improving, talking about growing and telling them the, the reality, like you're going to lose. 
it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen here in practice, it's going to happen in matches, it's going to happen in life. So understanding it's going to happen and it, knowing when it happens, how are you going to bounce back? Because it, it's happened to kids where, you know, their eighth grade year now, they're the best kid out there and now they're unstoppable. Then they lose that one time and you just kind of see their world crumble and they don't bounce back in that day. Sometimes not the next day. It takes a couple moments or days, sometimes a week where they're just like, all right, I was being a little foolish to myself and I'm back now. I'm ready to get back after. I didn't need that loss, you know? And I think, you know, thinking through that, I think one of the things that kids, <laughs> they notice first about joining the sport when they like, all right, I'm, I'm loving this. I think it's the physical aspect of it. Just seeing their body grow, seeing like their biceps, seeing that they got a six pack. There's been handfuls of kids where they've lost weight. You know, they're, they're growing kids. So they have a lot of that baby fat on them. So they're like slimming down. And then some of them just love it so much that they like start watching what they're eating and which it's different when they go home. Yeah. I'm hearing that it's like, they're, they're becoming more conscious of how their choices influence their body and, and they have a desire to be more intentional about those choices. And they also like the way that they feel when they move their bodies and, and see progress in that regard. Is there a parallel to the, to the types of, of students that gravitate towards beat the streets? Like, do you notice any patterns of, of the types of kids that come in or are they like all sorts of, of walks of life and personalities that come to the door? It's all sorts of walks of life, but I think one of the biggest patterns I see is kids that come in with no other athletic background. Kids who haven't been on a football team, a basketball team, a soccer team, like those kids do come on, but I feel like the kids that really stick with it and really love it are the kids who don't have that background at all. Mm. Um, I think it just, it goes a long way just to that they didn't see themselves as that star basketball player. They weren't tall enough or they weren't that strong or big to be a football player in the idea of it all. Mm -hmm. So they found wrestling where, you know, you're wrestling someone who's your body weight. You know, they might be tall, they might be shorter, but we're the same weight. And now the only thing between me and you is who wants to win more. Um, so they're very new to the sport, but they just have a very big determination that they want to win. They know how to work hard. So we're able to really push them to their limits where we know they won't quit, where I don't really know if that's the same across the board as far as the state of Rhode Island go. So we, we work with a very different level of a kid that we're able to hone into their strengths. Beautiful. That's awesome. Do you, do you hear any like myths about the kids that come into, you know, beat the streets that you'd want to debunk for people? Like, do, do you feel like there's any misassumptions or misunderstandings that, might be flying around about the program, about these kids? Um, yeah, there's probably two myths. And I'll go, there's like a myth between kids and then like the myth I would say more with society and like adults. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm gonna be very careful the way I use the word because it's just the way the kids use it, but it's just like, oh, wrestling's gay. And I don't think it's anything as a knock on who people are. I think as young kids, kids use that word where they just don't really understand completely, you know? So I think when they use that word, it's just like, oh, you're doing this weird sport where you're constantly in contact and it's not like any other sport and it's one-on-one. -on -one. So what you're doing is very weird and strange and different and I don't get it. So they classify it as gay. Yeah. Um, where adults and like society, I think it's more like this 
inner city kid thing. So like we're, we're the inner city kids where, you know, we're looked as a, a certain type of breed, which always isn't a bad thing. Um, but these kids come in with this already understanding that they're looked at differently compared to kids around other different towns. Yeah. 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 It's powerful when you start taking, um, a sport and engaging youth development into it because it's no longer just about, like you said, the physicality, like now we're getting into social nuances. Now we're working with kids who come potentially from traumatic backgrounds or who have, you know, considerations like, like mental health considerations that get to be addressed. And so I, I think it's really powerful that you are so passionate about this and that you're, you're really spearheading this for the kids and giving them a safe space to work through a lot of this stuff. And it's really beautiful that it's a, it's a free space that they can come into and just be themselves and work on themselves in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really special place where, like you said, like kids come from all different walks of life with their own challenges, their own hardships and their own, you know, just difficult paths that they had to get through and still are working through. And, you know, through the sport, you know, once they see, they're not very easy to open up and just throw it all out there. But once they see that we're here for the long haul and we're not here just for victories and hand raise, and we really care about like our best athlete compared to the kid who could, could barely bounce on one leg, you know, we're, we're there for it all on the same level. And once they really understand that they're like, all right, I could open up to this coach. I could open up to these mentors. I could tell them what's going on in my life and maybe they could help me which I think is really special, you know, it's a, it's, it's creating that safe spot where they can really feel comfortable. Absolutely. When I was doing, uh, I was, a, I was interning as a school social worker for a while when I was getting my, my master's in social work. And I remember learning around that time that no matter how much, how many challenges a child is going through or how much disconnection is occurring within their family structure or their social structure. It just takes one supportive, consistent adult in their lives to make a really big difference, like to be the anchor point, to be the lifeline that that child needs. And not only do they have that, but they have a community. And that's another really powerful piece is the social like, communal aspect of it all. So I think what, what you and the program provides is like life, changing and saving for some kids yeah and like i've mentioned before you know i think all of our coaches and mentors have been through it to some extent you know some probably more than others but i think we've all have had that one or several people in our lives that really like took time out of their day their lives away from their family to give back to make sure they had that chance to grow or find a path to success that i'd say I still talk to all my high school coaches. I still talk to my college coaches because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. I don't know where I would be. I, I could tell you, I probably wouldn't have gone to college. I could tell you that for sure. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Huh. And you said that you follow up with these kids too, right? Like you, you check in on them once they graduate from middle school, they go to high school. Like they're not just done with you and done with the program. Like there's still a, they're still in the community. You still check in. Yeah, yeah. So it's easier with the kids who are wrestling or doing athletics still in high school because 
being a wrestler, I'm still in the wrestling community or being a part of the football team, the track team, soccer team, I still keep up with like Providence sports. So it's easy for me to see some results. I'm like, oh, I know this kid. I'm going to, I'm going to say what's up to him. I'm going to show up to his game um, where the other kids, um, I think in general, um, kids from Providence are just hardworking kids who know they have to support either themselves or their family. So, you know, some of these kids work at restaurants. Some of these kids go to work and are around places I see and go to with my friends. So when I see them, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> look at you all grown up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, keeping them in contact. And, you know, we have so many different group chats, like through past years. So those, those like Facebook message groups are still open. So like once in a blue, like I'll send a message or another kid will send a message. Now a whole conversation with that graduating class is happening. So cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. Just to keep following the threads and bringing things full circle. Yeah. And, and I'm curious. So this, this is a two part question that we've chatted about before. Um, but the vision you have for, for beat the streets moving forward, like what, what is that vision? And I know that you get funding um, from from donors and you you work with other organizations, but what would you do? How would that vision be possible if you had more funding for Beat the Streets? Um, if we had more funding, I think the first thing I personally do is try to invest in like a home base, like a facility where we have wrestling mats, we have an area with weights, but we also have an area for studying, youth development workshops, places we could, uh, areas where we could train them, um, with uh, job readiness skills, um, just an overall safe space. Um, you know, it's it's different because we use um, the public schools as like our home bases to do our training. And, you know, these buildings and the staff at each school are very helpful to let us stay past whatever time we have for practice. So we can have these like little closed circle conversations with our groups, which is very helpful. But having that place where myself or other staff members coaches could work and have those doors open for many hours you know it's just more time that we could give back and help these kids um and i think also if we had more money it would also lead to more opportunities for travel um competitions meeting world level athletes meeting college coaches taking on college trips all things that we do but you know it's limited now and per me personally i think I could have made it a little bit further in my career if those opportunities were available to me. Not saying that they weren't, because they probably were, but I also probably was a little lazy and didn't realize how easy I could have taken advantage of it. But making that more known to the kids that they're that these are here and you could take advantage of this and it could help you grow as a human being, not just as a wrestler. Yeah. We have our first large graduating class of kids from Beat the Streets. We have I believe it's 11 kids who came through the Beat the Street program as seventh graders, some as, yeah, seventh and eighth graders um, who are now going into college. Um, some which are wrestling, one is playing soccer, but um, one is going into the police force. So have some kids who came through the program and I don't want to say it's all through my hand or through Beat the Streets, but we were a foundation and that just kept on building because more great coaches and mentors and teammates and friends and family just kept on building that path up for them. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave with the audience? Uh, anything you'd want them to know about the community or the program before we close? 
Um, yeah, I'd say something that kind of goes with wrestling and with the community and with life. Um, I just firmly believe, like, if you find something you love, just follow it. Um, if there's something you're doing that you truly enjoy, keep doing it. Um, just never give up. Uh, it's very easy to back up and walk away, but just getting knocked down and getting back up, there's just so much that comes from it. Um, and something that's unfortunate that happens is like some kids just kind of trade this lifestyle to for something else that's temporary so you know just look down the line before you just decide to switch ships and think about what creates joy and happiness and love for yourself and continue to follow that that's really beautiful yeah thank you for that and to even add to that i feel like there's a community for everything for most things that people find joy in and so finding that accountability, like you provide for the kids, you provide accountability and mentorship and encouragement and coaching. And, and that's really important. And when it comes to sustaining your motivation and your connection to your aliveness, when shit's hitting the fan and it's painful and it's challenging and your body, your brain, your emotions hurt, <laughs> it's great to have a community <laughs> of people to, to like hold you up when you're just like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, I mean, you need it. It's good to have a team in anything you do in life. You know, you need someone to have your back. You need someone to hold you accountable and help motivate you forward. You, it's just, it's just helpful and very much needed. Absolutely. And and then a personal question for you too. What are you doing when you feel the most alive? I I will as talking about wrestling, I, I think it's just wrestling. There's this thing that just always been in my head. Um, even when I was wrestling as a youth, uh, I would say more towards high school, just like whenever I would wrestle, I would just realize like, it just took everything away. I'm just focused in this moment. I'm focused on getting better, hanging out, being with friends, being with this brotherhood, you know, just just really escaping from everything. And I try to tell the kids that too. Like, they're like, oh, coach, I'm not feeling good. Coach, I'm having girlfriend problems, boyfriend problems, family problems. Like, I understand that. I'm never going to tell you like, no, you're not allowed to do that. But I will definitely push them to just say, stay for 30 minutes, stay for an hour, see how you feel. If you want to leave, leave, that's fine. But see how you feel. And a lot of times it's just like, thank you for making me stay. Like, I needed this. I needed to get away. I need to clear my mind. I need to just forget about everything for a moment. I uh, run a women's circle and that happens a lot actually where the women will be like some one, one or two will be like, I wasn't going to jump onto this call. Like I just wasn't feeling good. I wasn't like, I was going through some shit. And then at the end of the call, they're like, Oh my gosh, I just needed this connection. I just needed to, to feel myself again and to be in community and so I, I think that that's an invaluable lesson for humans at any age <laughs> that, you know, shit's going to happen. And sometimes your brain is going to say, um, I just don't want to do anything but wallow. And, and sometimes you need to, and sometimes you need to pivot and do something else. And so you give them that choice point to be like, all right, here, let's, let's play and see what's actually helpful for you. That's uh, also part of my recruiting process. Kids are like, I'm not going to do wrestling. I don't want to do that. I never wrestled before. It's like, come for one day, yeah. one day, watch it, jump in, then tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. I would say 80% of the time it's like, wow, you were right. And then some other kids are just like, you know, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I know we're so attached to our experiences. We're so attached to like what we think is normal or familiar and, um, 
aliveness is often on the other side of a decision that we wouldn't necessarily make all by ourselves. Mm. You know, like we need a little loving nudge into that. So that's awesome. Thank you for, for taking the time to share about the program and about your experience with it. And yeah, I just love, I love your passion for it. That's why I wanted to have this conversation because I could really feel how alive you are in doing this. And that's really important. Um, I want to say thank you to you too. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with wrestling and there's not too many moments in my day or even my life where I feel like I really sit down and really talk about what is really going on. Not so much just the program, but just me and the program, the connection that I have. And like you said, just feeling alive and what makes me feel alive. I'm like sweating, just like excited and thinking and talking about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so inspiring. And it is always beautiful to sit and reflect on why we do what we do, especially in this time when the collective is, is struggling and there's conflict and there's COVID and like, there's just a lot of tension and it's really important. I believe to, while you're being with that tension to also remember why we do what we do and like why we're here, you know, like what's, what's our magic to impart on this world. And it's just clear to me that you're connected to that within yourself. And it's really beautiful to have a conversation with somebody who's like in that flow, plugged into that. Appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. So I'll post links in the show notes for my listeners so you can connect um, with Silas as well as if you want to donate to Beat the Streets, there'll be a link in there um, for donation. And is there anything else before we close that you want to drop into the space? Um. No, I think that's about it. Oh, uh, one thing I do want to drop in yeah. um, that I didn't get to talk about. Girls wrestle too. They definitely wrestle. They're badass. Cohen. They kick, they kick butt. The, yeah. um, a lot of times, which I tell the boys sometimes, they're tougher than you guys are. They might not be as physically strong, but they will go through workouts. They won't complain. They'll just get right into it. Yeah. Just need to shout that out. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. All humans welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so powerful. So thank you. Thank you again. I really enjoyed this. And um, for all of you listening, connect, connect. Feel free to drop into, for those of you who aren't in the Facebook group, come over to the Art of Aliveness podcast insiders for updates and to ask questions and to provide feedback. You can also contact me at theartofaliveness at gmail.com or on Instagram at come alive with Chrissy Marie. All right, till next time, play on.